Hello, my name is John Russos, and this is a toast to my naivety. It's all brought to you by the Here's My Thing podcast. This is episode six of 10, Shaking Some Hands. Enjoy. I got stood up. I got, it, it was for a work interview, but still, I got stood up by a man named Devin, who allegedly cleans beer lines at, and to his own words, 120 microbreweries in the Portland metro area. I chose to not tell him that that sounded like complete bullshit, and instead said, There's 120 micro. Really? <laughs> I, 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 I would, I'm, all right, yeah, I would not have guessed that. Okay. He told me he has keys to all of them, which made me picture an older sanitation professional pushing a cart of cleaning supplies, listening to a portable radio. I was I was pitching my potential to a bartender, hoping I might find work at a place that serves beers and $15 hamburgers when he overheard me and asked what I was looking for. I mean, he told me that I could be a sort of paid apprentice to him, cleaning out pipings of settled foam, that I could be working on my own and taking home $140 a day for anything from two to eight hours of work. It depends how fast you move, he said. He proposed a tryout that I was to meet him back at the bar at 6.30 the next morning. He told me all of this while sporting a wool cap and and deep purple bags under his eyes. He was wired and had the same stale breath that one might get after coming down from a bit of Adderall. It all felt... It all felt fairly shady, like maybe we were on two different pages, as if the cleaning he was referring to was actually just the distribution of amphetamines or something like that, and I was just completely clueless to it. And it really, it didn't help that he would use terms like under the table and we'll go with the flow. And he had an Android too. All of our texts were green. I suppose I don't have much bargaining power for secure work right now as I'm seeking something temporary. Something legal would be nice, but I want rent money. I want something to pad the bank account. And while I would not have trusted this man to watch my stuff while in the bathroom at a library, still, there was something genuine about him. Sketchy, but genuine, if that makes any sense. It it was his tone of voice, I think. It was spruce. It was optimistic, as if in his reality, me failing as an employee was not an option. It wasn't in the realm of possibility. It was also just so incredibly random, this whole thing. I was ready to burn the soles of my shoes, knocking on doors, walking into restaurants, throwing my resume at anything with taps, coffee mugs, and sideburned employees. And then this just happened. 30 minutes into my search, how I wanted something, into my own words, less emotionally investing than working at the office with dogs in the seltzer-loaded fridge. And so out of thin air appeared a guy in his Nissan Xterra full of cleaning equipment. Funny. I waited for him the next morning. I, I wore a scarf. It was cold. It was cold enough that my breath hung around after hours with me before transitioning. I tried blowing O's with it. At 6.40, I sent him a text asking if we were still on, and at 7, I sent him one more, and at 7.15, when he still hadn't shown, I decided that my texts just hadn't gone through. There was no smaller confirmative lettering to say that they'd been delivered. So I walked back to my apartment, but not before getting a coffee at the social infirmary. Today I went to the Multnomah County Library and printed off 150 resumes. It cost me $15. I sat next to someone who pulled out a cigarette and put it in between his lips. Then he fiddled around for a lighter and snapped on it a couple times and took one very long drag. And as he did this, 
an attendant came up to him and asked that if he would please put it out. They said, sir, we, I'm sorry, but we'd appreciate it if you just did not smoke in here. The man didn't reply. He just ashed the cigarette onto the table, then wiped the bits to the carpet. When that very attendant left, the man pulled out another cigarette and he fiddled for the same lighter and he snapped on it twice, but I was gone before things got out of hand. My plan is simple. Tomorrow I will go to the mall. I'm going to fold up every single resume into a paper airplane, and then I'm going to throw them down each corridor of the entire complex. Then I'll come back to the apartment and I'll spread peanut butter over a few English muffins and I'll field calls from potential employers in between bites of my snack. By the end of the week, I'll have a lanyard around my neck with a name tag attached. Surely the only question is where the manager at hot topic picked me up by the throat and yanked my tongue out of my mouth. And if I remember correctly, he pulled out a studded magnifying glass and after minutes of examination concluded that not only was my tongue not pierced, but it never had been. And then he lit a cigarette just so he could ash it on the inside of my mouth and, and yelled at me asking what my favorite fallout boy album was. It, it caught me off guard. I was too busy staring at his forearm wondering where all this strength came. He looked like he was just skin and bones, but there he was holding me off the ground. In a panic, I asked back, yes, um, fuck. <clears throat> is, that the, is, is that the one with the guy, who, the, the lead singer, he wears a tie sometimes? He, is, is that Billy Joe Arm? And before I could say Armstrong, he slapped me across the face, then dropped me to the floor. He said, yeah, I don't think you'd fit in here. Try the gap. He paused, and I'm, I'm not sure if for theatrics or if he was actually checking to see if his nail polish had chipped, but after doing so, added, or the Gap Kids. He started to walk away. I wasn't totally humiliated, not yet. Actually, Taylor, I already gave them my resume. He stopped, his back still turned to me. He picked his head up and called over his shoulder. How'd you know my name was Taylor? I told him I guessed. I said, um, <laughs> that's fine. I don't know, actually. You just, I guess, I guess, I, you just kind of look like you have a very Taylor face. Did you, did you play high school volleyball? Taylor chuckled, still facing away from me. <laughs> You'll be hearing from me. I looked down to grab one of my resumes. I, he hadn't taken any contact information, but when I picked my head up just a split second later, he'd vanished behind a stack of Funko pop figurines. After that, I dipped into a lids and where a man who took clear care of his facial hair and declined my paper resume and told me to apply online. And in that moment, I asked myself if I really wanted to spend so much time surrounded by fitted hats and quickly answered to that, no, I certainly do not. It was only later, after I checked if the corner massage therapy office was hiring for any administrative roles, that I walked in front of the H&M. And I suppose not directly in front of it, I was off to the side window. I was staring at a mannequin trapped in ripped clothing and a jacket that might have been stripped off the Michelin man. The mannequin had an ensemble of other mannequins beside him as well, and, and all with the same defined mannequin physiques and jeans that looked like they'd been through a paper shredder one too many times. Together, they looked like they would run high school hallways. They looked like bullies, but less physically enforcing, not as much taking lunch money, more giving judgmental looks and slinging homophobic slurs. I started naming them, shuffling through a short list of the douchiest calling cards I could think of, when an H&M employee stepped in the frame, folding some of the nicer sweaters at the frontmost table of the store. She kept her hair up in a tired, messy bun, and 
I, at first I thought she was wearing a cardigan, but I, I think it might've been a shawl and it was a shawl that was three times her size. It would cover her feet when she walked. So from the back, she looked like she was levitating around the store, something like a phantom, a phantom of H and M, a phantom of fast fashion. I approached her with my resume in hand, ready to make a good first impression, but my thoughts stalled for a moment. I couldn't help but fixate on how much she resembled April Ludgate. In April Ludgate, if she had said no to the local parks department and yes to corporate clothing, and much like how April Ludgate might be, she seemed appropriately unamused by whatever I had to offer, that there was no possible way our interaction would bring her anything positive in life. And, and I'm not sure I could have blamed her. I was wearing khaki joggers, and I have to ask myself if anyone has ever made the world a better place while wearing khaki-colored joggers, and I think the answer is no. Hey, how's it going? Hi, she said back. I was hoping I might speak with your manager, if that's all right. What do you need? I'm here to apply for a job. She broke eye contact and reached behind her waist and flicked on a walkie-talkie. She started speaking into it, but I didn't catch what she was saying. Her, her voice was almost drowned out in a low murmur. Everything was a low murmur. I was, I was just looking at her collarbones. It was as if she had swallowed a, a hanger that got stuck on the way down. A hanger for a blazer, though, was a bit heavier duty than the plastic counterparts. They were bold, shadowing all sorts of light, ready to warp whatever necklace that she might let lay on her chest. A static copy came for the other end of the walkie-talkie, and so the phantom told me, She'll see you at the register.